0: Our time now 8:10 here on the Zone Morning Community. Okay, let me try putting this key into the ignition again, just to see if the thing is working here. Oh, um, is it? I guess. Wait a minute. Go, right? Okay, there it is. Now it's working. Thanks so much for joining us. We head to hour number three, and we are joined by the man they call the Car Doctor from AAA Northeast. Good morning, John Paul. How are you?
1: Good morning. It sounded like an MGB. I think that just started up.
0: I, th- I think you may be onto something because you know your cars, you know your engines too. That's what that was.
1: Uh, it's got it's got a nice little kind of that uh, English rumble to the exhaust. I think so. Okay, no, it's but... got a hole in it in
0: the exhaust. Well, it's working. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, it, it, it's working, and you're able to motor on the roads. Let's start.
1: First came all, from that, my Hyundai
0: Excel from 1982. Really? Now? <laughs> no, kidding. Okay. But, but, again, thanks so much for joining us. Well, let's start with the fact that we're looking at the price of gasoline. Uh, it was last time I talked to you. I think that was the last time I was looking around for the price of gasoline. I was still able to find uh, one or two gas stations in our area where the price was still below $2 a gallon. Now, all that has changed. Uh, cause I'm looking at gasoline prices along Water Street heading in towards North Main Street, Lemister. I'm seeing a going price of around For an average, for 87 octane, that is unleaded regular, two thirteen a gallon. Not long ago, I can remember it was like a dollar seventy nine. So I say within the past two, maybe four weeks, I've seen a jump of thirty four cents a gallon at the pump.
1: Yeah, gasoline has certainly gone up. It's gone up about twenty cents in the past month, and it's still cheaper than it was last year. uh, But it is it is going up. uh, The Oil producers have sort of adjusted their rates now, so they're making a little bit less gasoline and oil. Uh, When the market gets a little bit tighter, it tends to raise the prices up a little bit. Um, But there is, you know, I guess there is a little bit of good news if you looked at how much gasoline cost last year versus the year before. So looking at the average price of gasoline for 2020 versus the average price of gasoline for 2019, um, you saved about $230 for the average driver who drives 10 to 12,000 miles a year. And and people are not driving average amounts. They're driving far less than that with the pandemic in 2020. So um, people are actually not spending as much on gas. So even though we've seen the prices go up, there is a, a little bit of a silver lining that we actually saved a little bit of money over the past year on the price of gasoline and if you uh, and if you were one of those people that could do really fast math and figure out well if everybody saved about 200 bucks a year on gas and there's 350 million people i don't know that's up in the that's up in the six billion dollar range maybe 60 billion dollars i don't know it's a whole lot more math than i can do
0: that's more math than I could do. There's, there are times I'm good with numbers in my head, like doing it quickly. But I figure at this point in the morning, I'm not going to worry about okay. my math, my multiplying, dividing, adding, subtracting skills right now. I, I think I will worry about that another time. But just the fact that things have changed. Now, usually when we're talking about things that where you see uh, dramatic jumps in gasoline, normally we're looking at the blends of gasoline because it, there are different times of years where we see, like, the summer blend. And then we've got the winter blends of gasoline, which are different types of formulas. And usually, when it comes to transferring from one formula to another, that means a price increase.
1: Yeah, whenever they have to um, sort of clean out the manufacturing, so they. Um, what happens though? Here, here's an interesting thing. When we start to get to the end of winter gasoline so sort of March time frame when the weather starts getting warmer because winter gasoline is formulated in such a way that it allows for easier starting in cold weather. Summer gasoline is formulated in a certain way that it doesn't evaporate and go into the air as quickly to keep the air cleaner. So easier to start in the winter less evaporation in the summertime whenever they have to sort of flush out the tanks and by tanks i mean at the manufacturing side there usually is kind of a sale to get rid of the gasoline so we may see some increases but as we get into march depending on production numbers we may actually see a little bit of relief in the gas prices when there's a uh, when there's a clearance sale on winter gasoline before it switches over to summer blend
0: it's not like you're saying, attention, Kmart shoppers, here at the 87 octane aisle, we have this price, right?
1: Uh, something like that, yeah. exactly. It's, it's just like that. It's, no, but what actually happens, it, as complicated as gasoline and oil is, um, because a lot of it has to do with trading and um, speculation and where the market's going to go, Uh, years and years ago, gasoline didn't vary in price that much because it was a blue-chip stock and only certain people bought it. But now, you know, any investor can buy gasoline and oil stocks. So they watch the market and try to time the market. So investors can change the price of gasoline if they think a commodity is a good thing to invest in that can change the price but really when it gets down to the very basics of oil and gasoline it really is how much gasoline is there and what is the demand for it and if all of a sudden production slows down either for maintenance or uh, you know companies you know countries like the OPEC plus nations now they've added a couple uh, all of a sudden decide to slow production down and I think they took about a half a million barrels a day off the market um, that all of a sudden changes how much the supply is and then if um, we see demand start to go up that's what forces the price up so the wholesale price of gasoline yesterday on the mercantile exchange was about a dollar sixty a gallon and typically you add about seventy cents to that wholesale price and that covers marketing and transportation and markup and all that sort of stuff so You know, right now with the short term, you know, seeing these 220-gallon prices are probably what we're going to see.
0: Now, another thing that is a factor in the price of gasoline, and this is a factor that varies from state to state, a word that begins with the letter T, taxes, because I think there's a state tax, there's a federal tax, and how that tax applies to a gallon of gasoline varies from state to state within New England too.
1: Yeah, it it absolutely does. We see a little bit higher uh, gasoline tax rate in Rhode Island, for instance, than we do in Massachusetts. Although typically we would always see about a seven cent increase in gas prices if you crossed from Massachusetts to the Rhode Island border. Right now we're not seeing that. We're seeing prices that are very similar in Mass and Rhode Island. Uh, When you go to it, it There was a time where you went to New York, I, I mean, went to New Jersey, and the two kind of very interesting things that happened, you found out you couldn't pump your own gas because it was a, it's a full-serve state only, and the second thing is you were amazed at how cheap the gas prices were. Well, over the past few months, uh, gas tax in uh, New Jersey has gone from some of the lowest to now some of the highest prices, and or highest rates, and that has that has bumped the gasoline price up in uh, New Jersey.
0: Here's something when you talk about full-service gas stations. Traveling around here in Fitchburg and Lemonster, I've noticed where you have most stations are self-serve, but there's one, I know of one full-serve station here in our area where I'll get my gas, and I find the price at the full-serve station is better than, most, if not just about every self-serve station in the area. How's that, How's that happen?
1: You shop like my wife does. Uh, the, yeah, it, it is it is kind of interesting that, you know, some, you know, gasoline retailers have decided that if they're going to have someone at the pump, it's, it's good customer service. They get, they get uh, maybe more people gassing up, uh, so it's just it's something they want to do. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I worked in full serve gas stations. That's you know that's what I did. Uh, so uh, it really is. I mean, they're still buying. They're still buying the same same gasoline from whether it's a, uh, a wholesaler that it's a brand name or whether it's a, a generic gasoline that they're getting from a wholesale distributor. They're paying the same price as the self-serve. But maybe there's a little bit of savings on. Um, credit card fees and they look at ways they can offset that major gasoline retailers have marketing fees that are added to the price of their gasoline an independent shop may not do that and that's one of the reasons that you can sometimes save a little money at full-serve the other part of it is a full-serve station is a full-serve station because they may not have all the safety compliance technology in place in case there is a a fire at the pumps uh, where a self-serve station has to have different fire extinguisher systems at the pump than the full-serve stations do.
0: But one thing I noticed about full-serve stations is not only is it they'll take care of the gas, uh, depending on the station, they'll check the oil. They'll also uh, take the... uh, They'll also wash the windshield for you too. And just do that for you too. Little things like that that you would see from full serve stations from our formative years.
1: Yeah, uh, you know the 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 old Texaco commercial of the uh, Texaco, the man who is a star, and they would show the the well dressed gasoline attendants coming out and cleaning your window and checking your oil and checking the air in your tires and all of that. That was all part of the full serve gasoline experience now that might not be it but on the other hand they you know the the attendants still might come out and and um, you know clean the windshield and again if you have a small independent gas station that's also a repair station uh, the amount of that kind of ancillary business that comes back to your station because you take care of your customers uh, when they come to fill up with gasoline and they turn into repair shop customers. That sometimes is some of the best kind of silent marketing money that's ever spent.
0: You remember that commercial, the big, bright Texaco star or something like that? Absolutely. 821-10, we're talking with the car doctor, John Paul from AAA Northeast. More to come on the K-Zone Morning Commute. Eight twenty-three. Our time as the k on Morning Commute continues on one hundred five point three FM and twelve eighty WPKZ. Once again, the car doctor, John Paul from AAA Northeast. Let's change course now, or maybe a word, bad choice of word, shift gears, if you will, from the cost of gasoline to the fact that the winter of two thousand twenty-one is upon us. Temperature-wise, we've been fortunate, we haven't had many of those real bitter cold days. We've had to worry about things like tires. Or batteries. Not to mention, as far as precipitation goes, we seems like we've had more rain than snow. But either way, rain, snow, the cold one of those things we have to watch out for when driving on the highways is something that we see. I get, I think, more often during the winter months than we do during summer months. That thing called potholes. Oh, (laughs) I know. I just had to mention that word. The the (laughs) word, right? Potholes.
1: And it used to be there was a time back twenty or more years ago. The typical tire on a car was mounted on a steel wheel, and it had a pretty um, tall sidewall. Now, a lot of newer cars, they have alloy wheels, so kind of shiny or chrome or aluminum wheels. And the tire is actually wider and lower, so there's less sidewall rubber, and the wheel takes up for the overall size. So when you look at the tire, it, the overall size, tire and wheel together, still look really big but the actual rubber part of the sidewall is smaller that usually translates into better handling stiffer ride which also gives it the better handling but the problem is low profile tires are much more subject to uh... damage from potholes so when we see these freezing cooling cycles where the road freezes cools cracks water gets into the crack of the asphalt and freezes and blows out pieces of the asphalt you drive into a pothole depending on how you're going to hit it you could easily damage a tire as well as damage a wheel so um pothole season can be very expensive for motorists
0: now when it comes to potholes is it a matter of how big the size of the pothole is it the speed of the car when you're traveling or is it a combination of the two
1: it's uh some of it has to do with you know if it's a you know, if it's a pothole from, uh, you know, from that's a that's a foot deep, uh, yeah, it's it's all over at that point. But sometimes even a shallow pothole, one that might only be an inch or two deep, uh, if you catch the edge of the sidewall of the tire on the edge of the pothole you 'd pinch the sidewall and actually cause a bubble or or a crack or possibly a blowout and sometimes what happens is it 's enough to damage the tire but not enough where you may notice right away then you're driving down the road one day and it could be even summertime you 're driving down the road and suddenly the car starts to shake a little bit and and you and the tire blows out well it became damaged. Maybe in January when you hit that pothole, but it took that many months before the real damage started to show up so it can be the size of the pothole, it can be the depth of the pothole, and certainly how fast you're going. Uh, just like if you walked walked into a wall, you know, the faster you go, the more it's going to hurt. And about the best thing you can do, and this really requires you to kind of look around when this happens. But if you see a pothole coming and there's nobody really behind you, if you can safely swerve around it, that's good. But if you can't, because there's traffic coming in the other lane, for instance, get on the brakes as hard as you can to slow the car down, to get it as as slow as possible. Then just before you hit the pothole, take your foot off the brake. What's going to happen is when you step on the brake and slow the car down, all the weight transfers to the front wheels. So that's okay, because that gives you more steering, but on the other hand, the front of the car has become lower to the ground. So just before you enter the pothole, take your foot off the brake pedal, the car's going to bounce up in the air a little bit, it's going to roll through the pothole rather than slide through it with your foot on the brake, and possibly you're going to eliminate damage to any other undercarriage components at the same time, because the front of the car isn't as low to the ground.
0: Because I would imagine you're not just hurting the tire, you mentioned the undercurrents, I would also mention, like things like ball joints to the car as well.
1: Right? Oh, oh, steering components, ball joints, tie rod ends. Even worse than that, um, engine oil pans, transmission oil pans. Nice. When when you hit something just right, I have seen people uh, not just dent an engine oil pan, but actually crack it. And all of a sudden, they're driving down the road, they hit the pothole, and they go, "Well, that wasn't too bad." Next thing they know, the oil light comes on because all the oil is draining out of the car. So you can do literally. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage to potholes. And um, the good news is, I guess, if you do have insurance, it's considered a collision, uh, but your deductible will apply. And in some cases, you can go after the municipality, uh, but there's a whole set of rules involved. Um, if you're the very first per- the way I understand it, if you're the very first person to hit that pothole, um, all bets are off sorry but if that pothole has been reported to an authority and it hasn't been repaired then you might be able to go after the state or the town or the city or whatever it is and say hey I damaged my car the problem is again from what I understand they have very small budgets for that so um, you'll be put on a list and maybe two or three years later you might get reimbursed
0: oh gee that that's encouraging you have to wait two or three years to get reimbursed in the meantime your premium, and the your the, your deductible goes up, which means your payments for insurance go up.
1: Um, that's a possibility too.
0: I, I have to say that that actually happened to my wife. Uh, I don't want to say what town she was driving in, but uh, it rhymes with Witchburg, and uh, she hit a, a pothole, which I think in the summertime could have been used as somebody's pool, and uh, she destroys her entire rim. Yep. Not just that, Not just that. It was like the tire was exploded. The rim was. Unusable,
1: and it was just from one pothole. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, there and that's why and and we even have it too. AAA has wheel and tire insurance. So if you decided that you have a car that's a couple of years old and you want to protect your tires before anything happens, you can buy wheel and tire insurance that if you do hit a pothole and damage damage a tire or damage a wheel, if it can't be repaired, um wheel and tire insurance will pay for it. You can, you know, if you're buying a new car, you can look at it through the, the dealer. I mean, typically I looked at the, you know, top three most popular vehicles, Toyota Camry and, you know, Toyota Rev 4 and Honda Accord and Ford F-150. And it's about $550 for five years worth of coverage. And it, it also covers in case you lose your key fob. So um, for people who are prone to potholes, spending a, spending more money, to get pothole and to get kind of wheel and tire insurance sometimes for some people can be money well spent
0: that's good to know And for people listening to our conversation want to find out more best way to
1: reach you uh best way to reach me is go to aaa.com slash car doctor there's a little place that says ask a question and i try to answer the questions every single day and you will get a personal response back all you got to do is provide an email and i'll be happy to answer you
0: he is John Paul, the car doctor from AAA Northeast, and the doctor's always in. John, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: Anytime, guys. Take care. Be yeah. safe. Bye bye.
0: Okay, care You too.